How have you spent your summer? Channel surfing, working nonstop, subjecting yourself and your family to the same old boring grill outs and family reunions. Can you feel your chance to enjoy life before winter hits slipping from your grasp? What if we told you there was a brand new festival in central Ohio where you can get away from it all one last time and savor the last drops of summer alongside like-minded people and some of today's most influential pagan writers, teachers, bloggers, and podcasters. Yeah, it's a real thing, and it's called Pagan Fires. For our debut year, we have chosen Prism, Many Colors, One Light as our theme, and we'll be focusing on the strength found in the pagan and metaphysical communities through their embrace of diversity. This year, we are proud to feature Frenchie and the Punk and Nathaniel Johnstone as our musical guests, as well as Laura Tempest-Zakroff as our keynote speaker and Jackie Smith as our ritualist. At Pagan Fires, we are choosing not to build walls, but to build community instead. So if you are a metaphysical mumbo-jumbo, a swamp witch from nowhere with big dreams, a former druid priestess who is finding her way back home, or a spiritual healer who speaks to the wind, whatever, we will be here waiting for you September 26th through the 29th in Clarksville. Pagan Fires, the all-new metaphysical festival that has a lot of experience. Find out more at PaganFires.com and check out our Indiegogo to support our fundraising efforts and get some really cool stuff. Once again, that's PaganFires.com. It's a little bag made from the skin of a toad. Does it matter? She's tampering in dark-sided stuff! Yet in our own supremely rational time, there has been a dramatic rebirth of the ancient arts of witchcraft. You're listening to the Modern Witch Podcast with Devin Hunter and Jess Carlson. Hey there, witches. Uh, welcome back to the Modern Witch Podcast. I am your host, Devin Hunter. We will be getting right back to that discussion we were having last week with Jess Carlson about what it's like to be a professional psychic uh, and uh, just kind of, you know, that backstage view of things you may not know before you consider jumping into this industry um, and things you should know if you are in the industry. Um, so we'll be getting right back to that. But uh, you just heard the first commercial uh, for Pagan Fires, which is the new festival that I'm putting on with my friends. Uh, this has to be one of the biggest things I've ever attempted to do in my life is to put on this festival. And I'm not doing it alone, thankfully. Um, I, I'm with uh, some really incredible people, Heather Killen being one of them. She's been putting on Earth Warriors for, for well, 11 years. Um, and so, you know, it's this really incredible thing that we have, this this vision that we have for this festival, and it's our first year. Um, I know the land. I, I grew up very close to this uh, the the site for this festival. Um, I know the spirits. I I they they nurtured me as a young witch. Um, it's really amazing land. It's a really incredible location. And you know, to be honest with you. It's something that I think is just important that that we can have an event that isn't super political, that that is really about getting together, creating magic, celebrating the fact that we are magical people living in this really crazy world and we need to navigate those things. Um, we wanted to create an event that brought people together 
and that allowed us to really actually move forward because I think there's enough of us with enough emotional maturity um, to to choose knowledge and growth and community and celebration over drama and all of the crazy stuff. And so with Pagan Fires, our goal is really not only just create one of those spaces, but a space where we can actually get together and and do some magic, right? I mean, how how often do we get to get together with authors and presenters and teachers and bloggers and podcasters and actually do magic and actually learn from each other. It's super rare. And so what we wanted to do is create a space for that. Um, and again, you know, bring this to my spot where I grew up. Um, it's in Clarksville, which is really close to my little hometown of Mount Orb, Ohio. And um, again, I spent a lot of time there. This is a, a, a location um, that I think I've probably have visited, I don't know, 30 times or so. Um, and I'm, I'm very, very close with um, the energies there. So it was important for me to have the festival there. It was important for me to just create something new and bring people in. And, um, you know, I never ask for help, but I need your help. I need you to go to paganfires.com. I need you to check out the festival. If you're interested, please come. We could totally uh, use the attendance. I mean, come on, it's a festival. Um, but also we have a, a Indiegogo. And the Indiegogo is there to help us raise $4,444. Um, just so that we can have some seed money. And because, you know, events aren't cheap to put on. Um, And one of the things that we're doing with this event is a portion of the ticket sales are actually going to be donated to the Nature Nature Conservatory of Ohio. Um, Because we believe, you know, hey, Let's actually put our money where our mouth is. Um, and if these are really values, if, if honoring nature and, and conserving nature are actually values that we share as a people, let's do something about it. Um, and so, you know, because of that, um, there really isn't a lot of extra money in the budget. And we need to raise this $4,444 um, so that we can have those extra things that that help make a festival, uh, you know, work like tents. Um, we need some extra tents. We need some extra equipment like walkie talkies and, you know, those sorts of things. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into it um and we want to make sure that we're providing the best possible experience for everybody involved and that includes uh well you um the attendee that includes you the person who might be coming in two years uh so on and so forth so please consider going to our indiegogo i really really need your help um i i rarely ask for these things i i feel always awkward asking for these things but um you know what we're doing this for the community and i'm I'm, i believe that the community will respond in kind so check out our indiegogo um check out our website paganfires.com there's links to every everything, uh, including the Indiegogo there. And there's some really cool stuff. I mean, we've we've got everything from Witch Power box sets, wooden box sets that are amazing, um, to uh, complete packages where you can get you know ritual oils and po- signed posters and, and just all kinds of stuff. There's really cool stuff. And we're going to be updating it every two weeks or so. So the Indiegogo just started. Uh, we've got until the end of August. And so it's about six weeks or so. Um, and we could really use your help raising that money. Um, and if you can't do it, then please spread the word. And um, if you're interested, please come on out to the festival. I'd love to meet you. Um, it's one of the first things that Modern Witch is sponsoring that we're actually putting a lot of energy into. Um, and so it's going to be really incredible. There's, it's it's going to be amazing. I'm doing the programming and I, I just kind of finalized a lot of the big pieces 
it's just going to be insane. Uh, it's going to be something to remember forever. And, um, you know, we're calling it the new festival with a lot of experience. Um, and that's because everybody who's organizing it, we've been doing this for a while um, in some capacity or other. This is my first time heading my own festival, um, but I've been helping plan events for about, I don't know, 13, 14 years. Um, and so doing this and being able to jump in um, in this way and take lead, it's a really exciting experience. It's it's nervous making. Um, it's, it's one of the biggest things I've ever done. Um, and, you know, I, I'm just asking for your help. I'm just asking for you to go over to paganfires.com and see if anything interests you. That's all, um, including our Indiegogo. It'd be amazing. All right, enough of this. So we're going to get back to our discussion um, that we were having last week about what it's like to be a professional psychic. Um, and, you know, this isn't the easiest thing to jump into. It isn't the easiest thing to be successful at. I think one of the reasons I've been able to be as successful as I have been, um, and obviously, you know, I'm asking for help with a festival, so it's not like I'm rolling in the dough. Um, but I've also, you know, I, I, I had to make a stance for myself that I wasn't going to spend, you know, six days a week doing that, doing that type of work anymore. And so, um, you know, but I, I think why I was so lucky and getting established and getting those things uh, just in my career were because I was able to be associated with a physical store location. I was able to go and actually have a little office and clients were able to meet me and that really changed the game. And when I switched into doing readings on the phone, which is what we've been talking about, um, it's just a totally different beast. People are totally different. Um, it's You can get into very, very strange conversations and have these very strange experiences. Um, and so, you know, it isn't easy. None of this is easy to navigate, but it is something that uh, I think more than anything, if you want to do it and you feel empowered to do it, come on, make it happen. Be, be the priest or priestess, priestex uh, to anybody who needs it. And I think really being able to do readings and things like that, it's like frontline priesting um, and, and in a sort of way. So anyway, enough of that. Uh, let's get back to this discussion and uh, I'll see you at the end of the show. Yeah, I had I had one of those too. It was every when I if I was on at night, every time without fail, this one guy came back to me and he would stay on. Like I I kind of like it got to the point where I was the money for me was getting really good and this guy was part of the the reason why it was getting good because he would come on and uh get into my queue and would stay with me for a half hour, 45 minutes each time. But I started after maybe two or three weeks, got to the point where I was like, I have nothing to say to you that I haven't said already. And that's when it started to feel bad to me. Like I felt bad, like either this guy's just really lonely and needs someone to talk to. And I just, you know, I just started to feel bad taking this a ton of money from this guy, knowing that I'm not telling you anything that's going to be helpful other than like my just being here for you to talk to. And so that that kind of like would feel weird to me. But like for over at least now, because this was 10 plus years ago on live person, your like position in the ranking page for um, for psychics was dependent on two things. It was primarily going to be your, your starred rating. So what your, you know, what your people rate you at and the number of clients that you have had. So the more clients and the higher you're rated by your clients, the higher up you are in the queue. And I was very, you know, I would say I was very fortunate, but I know I'm good at what I do. So, you know, I'm also just, I'm good at what I do that I had almost entirely um, five star ratings with the exception of a couple one stars 
because people want to hear what they want to hear and they didn't hear what they wanted to hear. And so they weren't happy. But um, I ended up getting pretty up in the queue. I was maybe on the second page. And usually, especially if it's like very busy time of day, you will find that all of those people on that first page are are busy. They're all in calls or they have queues waiting. And so, you know, if you're not waiting for a specific person and you're just like looking for someone, anyone, you're going to keep scrolling. And when you start finding people available, you'll go there. So I was doing really well um, financially. It was working in that regard. And yes, being able to work at home and just whenever I wanted, that was all great. But it did just come down to the clients, the types of questions that they would ask. And that all kind of helped to inform what would eventually become what I now have, which is my personal set of rules and ethics for doing readings. I learned very quickly the things I'm not comfortable doing readings about, because like you said, it's not about telling you, oh, this is going to happen for sure. Like this is, I'm, I'm predicting that this is how the situation is going to end. No matter what, this is just how it's going to go. That's not, I don't believe in that personally. I just do not believe that anything is set in stone, regardless of how you find that information. So you can do things to change things. Someone else can do something to change a situation. So when people are like, I want to know if this is happening, yes or no, and how, I can't tell you that. So I learned very quickly that was not for me. And that's largely what people that are going to these services are looking for. They're usually desperate, don't have a lot of money, just want a quick, straight answer. And like you said, they'll hang up as soon as they hear what they need or want or whatever, and then they're gone. And then you're left like, uh, okay, I, there was an addendum to what I just said that you probably would have wanted to hear, but all right, whatever, you know, (laughs) good, good luck, you know, and then just, that's it. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that again, those services, yeah, they're great as an experience to inform your, um, you know, your career going forward. But I, Honestly, I could not imagine doing that as the only way that I did readings. Like I more power to the people that do that full time all the time. Like that's that's crazy. Well, yeah. And I I worry that like, you know, I don't know. One of the things that is that is kind of horrifying doing what I do for a living is that there's no there's no retirement. There's no you know, there's no kind of automatic nest egg. I'm not going to retire with a 401k kind of a thing. Right. And so what I worry about is that I'm going to end up being like the little old guy on keen.com, you know, when I'm in my eighties or something, just trying to pedal to get readings. And that's something that, you know, happens a lot, you know? And the other thing too, with this is unless you're somebody who's really dedicated to, I mean, do it, do it and have fun. And if it's not something that you rely on for, for money, do whatever you got to do have, you know, it's your thing. But if it's something that you really are thinking about, Hey, I want to become a professional psychic. And this is something that I'm, I'm interested in doing. You, you have to consider that a, this is draining work and it is going to change you. And it is going to require that you have an, an, an almost inexhaustible amount of energy on any given day. And that sucks, doesn't it? I mean, you know, you've been in those shoes where it's like, oh, I've got 15 readings to do and I'm so tired and I haven't slept in two days and I still got to go up and do it. You still got to go and, and make this shit happen. Yeah, I used to have those days. And then I said, I'm not doing this shit anymore. <laughs> and I changed the whole way that I do stuff. Now I won't do more than two readings a day because of the how of how I do them. If I were doing them, like say through FaceTime or Skype or something, I would do more. But 
doing them written, I, I don't, I will not do more than two. And typically I like to just do one because I literally spend, and I get this one of those things people don't realize when I do a reading for someone and it's going to be a, you know, PDF reading that will take me not just the reading itself, though the reading itself is obviously going to be the most intensive part, but between the actual reading and the putting the reading together to then send to the person easily takes two hours, sometimes three, depending on how long the actual reading itself is going to be. So I can't do four of those a day. You know, that's just not possible. And it's also not something that I feel for me, like if I, if I do two, I know those are going to be two solid readings. If I did three, that third one's probably going to suffer because I'm going to be exhausted. I'm going to be really wanting to move on and doing something else, whether it's other work or I want to go play a video game or I want to go paint or something. I just, I know at that point I'm going to be ready to just be done with this and move on to something else with my day. So for me, I think that that's one of the, the great things about if you do get to the point where you feel like you're ready and you're comfortable to kind of strike out on your own and do it your own way, you can set those boundaries and say, I'm not doing more than two readings a day. And I also don't do readings the same day that somebody books it. Like if somebody books reading with me, the sooner you, the soonest you're going to get your reading is the next day. I'm not going to do it on the spot right then and there, because to me, that's just like not comfortable. Like that doesn't feel right for me. I need to be like, know what we're doing and feel confident that you, you know, you, the client and I, the reader are on the same page with everything. And we've had time to you know, get there and then do it. So typically most people, I, I will book their reading from the, you know, when we say they buy it and then we, um, agree on our, what we're going to be doing. It's usually within two or three days of, of when they, they book their reading. So for me to, that's how I like to work. I, I used to do that whole, Oh, I'll, I'll like do five readings, six readings, give me 20, like, you know, whatever. And then I realized that it just messed with my whole everything. And so I stopped doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. No, I um now at this point in my life after and it's just really when I hit 16 years last year, I was like, okay, I, I deserve to do something different. You know, and that was my, that's the way it felt. And so for me, I, I go in one day a month to do readings and um, I am I'm much more expensive than I was 10 years ago. And um, and, and you know, and that was an interesting thing. And when the books came out, I raised my prices. So just automatically in our store and it's in part of it's just because of where we are and the location. But with our store, readings are 120 an hour. And so that's like you can do 35 for 15 minutes or it's 120 for an hour. And um that was a shock to me because I'm from the Midwest and like I was doing readings for way cheaper than that when I was younger. And then, you know, I moved out to California and then there was rent to pay uh, to do these services and all of that kind of stuff. And the prices were just different. But that also was like the standard across the norm here, which was great. And um, but once the books had come out, I had realized that, A, there's so much time and energy that I need to spend on other things. You know, whereas before being a reader, that was what I was doing. Yeah, that was of everything for me. And that isn't the case so much anymore. Um, and so there, I just I need to be doing other things. And so if I am going to take time out of my schedule, it needs to be worth my time. Um, and the part of that was wanting to have a certain type of client. And, and what I mean by that is a client who actually wants to work on something instead of just somebody who wants to check in on, you know, some some vanity project. Um, I really wanted to be helping people. And so I was like, okay, 
you know, um, let's, how do I make that happen? And so part of that was I raised my prices and that cut out a lot of riffraff because people who just want a, a cheap reading aren't going to come to me, which is, which is a good thing. Um, and it, what I mean by cheap is the experience. Like they're looking for a cheap experience and that's not what I'm, I'm here to do. Um, I'm much more nowadays, like, you know, everything is an hour. And so, you know, 200 bucks an hour and you get everything. So I don't, I don't separate mediumship and cards and all of that stuff anymore. It's what do you need to talk about? What's going on? And I much prefer to have clients that I can come in, have a cup of tea with and sit yeah. down and, you know, have a totally different experience than what I think I was willing to kind of suffer through um, back when I was younger. Yeah, I want to I want to linger on this topic for a minute, because this is one of the topics that I think a lot of people that are not 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 readers, not psychics, don't do this kind of like spiritual work professionally. This is the thing that I hear from people the most about when they're um, either looking for a reader or they don't know how to decide who to go to and what to do. Because a lot of people are, they look at the price. They look at how much someone charges. Now I read on Etsy. That's where I sell my readings. I used to just do everything through my own website, but I did find over the years that when I would sell or offer, I should just say, offer readings through Etsy, obviously I'm finding more people that way because people are, you know, they're looking, they find you. My readings are compared to the, the like typical Etsy reading considered to probably be ridiculous in price, but there are reasons why. And it's stuff like what you said. It's like wanting to make sure that, you know, the type of client you're getting is the type of client that wants to be invested in getting this and, you know, doing this reading, getting the help. And they really want to do this. They're not just looking for, you know, something quick and easy and whatever. The other thing too, is like you said, it's time. People forget that, especially if the reading's not in person, they forget that this is taking time out of your day and out of other things that you might do, especially if you are someone that does this full time. If you are doing readings, but you also do other stuff like you teach or you write books or you write blogs or you do videos and whatever it is, you know, there are other things that you do. So for you to take the time to sit down and help one individual person with their specific stuff is something that should be a little bit more higher value. And that value is the important part. Like to me, I, I question the value of a $5 reading, but I don't necessarily question the value of a $40 reading or a $50 reading. When I do, um, for me, my custom readings at right now, uh, a custom card reading that is done through PDF is $125 that reading is going to take me several days at least for us to come up with, you know, a question, a focus, and for me to create a custom spread. That's what I do. I'm not just grabbing stuff off of Pinterest or out of a book. I'm creating a spread specific to you and your situation. Then I do the reading. And sometimes those readings might only be five cards. Sometimes they might be 15 cards. So, you know, it depends on the reading we came up with. So, Regardless of how much, you know, how much is actually going like with card number is actually going into the reading, it's still a lot of information. I'm spending a lot of time making sure I'm getting everything I can. I'm wording everything in a way that's going to be helpful that I'm giving at the end of my readings. I do this thing called my conclusion where I give specific action steps and specific suggestions. Sometimes um, if I know that the client is into witchcraft, I might 
give them a spell that I would suggest. Like I'll, I'll go into a lot of depth. And then of course the, the time of putting it together so that I can, you know, have the PDF to then send. So that, that takes time. That's not something that's just a quickie thing. And then we're done. So for me, like on Etsy, I have to also just kind of like, I'm always in the back of my mind thinking, oh, well, you know, there are people you look up, you know, tarot reading by email on Etsy, and you're going to get a ton of listings. And a lot of them are going to be under $20, under $10. And a lot of people will just go there because it's quote unquote cheap. But there's a difference. Like I've, I've always, I always say, we've talked about it before. There's a difference between cheap and inexpensive. You're, are you getting an inexpensive reading or a cheap reading? And that ends up being, I think the thing where people need to consider when they're looking at the prices and they're like, Oh my God, I can't believe this person charges this much for a reading by email. Well, what is the experience you're getting? Are you just getting literally an email with, with, you know, Oh, I pulled these, you know, I pulled the King of Wands and the two of cups for you. And here's what it means. Like, is that, that what you're getting or are you getting like a big fleshed out thing? There's a difference. And so right, the price right. should be different. And plus two, the person's experience, like how much they've, how much time and money and effort and whatever that they've put in to learning their craft. You know, some people are very new. They're very green. And like I tell my students, when we do talk about going professional and, and like looking to make those first steps into going pro and reading for people um, and getting paid for it. Um, I always, I always suggest starting out at like a five, $10, but don't read for free just because you're, oh, well, I'm, I'm new. Well, how long are you going to be new for? You know, you, you decide like how long that is, but you know, there does come a point where your time and your effort matters. Right. And, and the time that you now just spent learning with me and the money you invested in that, that matters. Like that shows your dedication. So, um, so I always say like, start out at five, $10, but know when it's time to move up to $40, move up to a hundred dollars, like gauge that and consider the types of clients you get. Cause you will see a difference as you raise your prices. There are people that will drop off, but there are also going to be people that are going to come to you that wouldn't have come to you before when you were at a lower price point because they didn't trust it. And they might've thought, well, maybe you don't trust yourself because you're pricing yourself so low. So now it's like, oh, you boosted your prices and, you know, things are looking a little more swanky. Oh, well, then it's, you know, that's good. And that also brings up this, the whole point that if you're doing it online, you need to also consider how, you know, whatever the places that you're selling your readings, whether it's your own website or Etsy or Facebook or whatever, you have to consider like, what does your branding look like? What does your presence look like? Does it look cheap, but you want to charge eight? dollars for a reading. I mean, you have to kind of look at everything and just know that the way you present yourself online and all of that is going to help to dictate why you're worth what you ch charge, whether it is $5 or whether it's a hundred. So. Devin Hunter here, creator of the Modern Witch podcast and magazine. It is my belief that in the 21st century, being a witch is more about personal identity and spiritual exploration than the resurrection of an ancient mystery tradition. Modern Witch is, and always has been, more about the life and style of the modern practitioner over any one tradition or singular approach to the craft. Witches today draw power and strength from knowing who they are, and with Modern Witch, we've been able to celebrate that awakening in people all over the world. 
Modern Witch is about to take the next step in our journey and release our all-new website, modernwitch.com, on July 22nd. We've wanted to make this happen for a long time and are excited to bring what we have been doing here for almost 10 years to new platforms. On July 22nd, join me, Jess Carlson, Storm Fairywolf, Chaz Bogan, Durgadas Alain Doriel, and Matt Aron for a totally new online experience. ModernWitch.com will feature our brand new Pathios blog, multiple new YouTube video series, two new podcasts coming this fall, how-to videos, reviews, recommendations, playlists, and so much more. The best part? It's all ad-free. Come and join us as we celebrate the rise of witchcraft, the occult, and mysticism in the 21st century. And be there July 22nd when Modern Witch turns up the power and explores new worlds with ModernWitch.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Modern Witch Podcast. We hope to see you soon on Pathios, YouTube, and Twitch. Now, back to the show. Yeah, we always the, the, we always say you get what you pay for and you always end up paying for it one way or the other. And yeah. that, that literally is, I mean, if, if you if you are putting a lot of energy into a cheap reading, and I don't mean inexpensive necessarily, it's a cheap reading, um, then... And, and then, you, you know, you're, you're putting a lot of energy into what, what was said in that reading. You're probably going to get what you paid for. And you're probably going to end up paying more for it in the long run because you didn't go to somebody who was who was actually dedicated and focused and, and you know, could do something a little bit more, uh, we'll say, less than superficial for you in that time. Um, and, and it's just one of those things. I love being a – I love doing the work of a, of a professional psychic. At one point in my life, I was all about just – you know, getting in there and, and seeing people and helping as many people as I possibly can. And then I realized that that was taking a toll on me. It took a toll on me emotionally, physically, um, certainly mentally. And it would I would find myself, despite all of the things, you know, I've been practicing metaphysics my entire life and I know how to ground my energy. I know how to remove people's energy. I know how to cut cords. I know how to do all of that stuff. I'm not an idiot. But it, there became a point where that just wasn't enough anymore. You know, it, it was the, the the bruising was still there. You can take away the agent, but the you know what was left behind is still there to deal with and to cope with. And so that's why you're exhausted at the end of the day. And that's why you know for me, I'd find myself just getting moody and I would get depressed and it would be just kind of days of just being like. You know, and just realizing, oh, this is because I th- this work has changed. I, you know, the other thing too is as you practice and as you you know you do more, you get better, right? I mean, your muscles stretch out and you change. It's 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 a very metamorphic kind of process. You know, you you'd be amazed at what you would might think when you first get started, especially as a professional psychic and you start working with people. What you think your your gifts are and your talents really are, and then ten years later. They're completely different. I mean, what you actually think you're, you're you were supposed to be doing is a different thing, um, and that's because you evolve, you know, and and things change. And so, I'm glad you absolutely pointed out the idea that you know somebody has experience and that's worth paying for, especially when it comes to this type of work. But hopefully, also that experience comes with testimonials. It comes with people who have, you know, had an experience with you as a reader and, you know, are sharing that. And if that's something, if you are looking to get started professionally, it's one of the first things you need to do is go do some readings and get people to, you know, do some testimonials for you or go to people who you were practicing on and say, Hey, you could really help me out by just writing five sentences about what it was like to get a session with me or even two sentences. And one of the things with that too, is that you should 
take the feedback that you get and use it to inform your own point of, you know, deciding when do you need to shift your service or when do you need to up your price? Like if you, because again, like I said, I think it all comes down to the value that you're giving the person that's coming to you. And if you're, if your goal is to help somebody make a change in their life by giving them guidance that is going to point them into making better decisions or, you know, whatever, you know, if you start getting like seeing consistently that your clients are always coming back, pretty much affirming that that guy that, you know, the guidance that you gave or the action steps you suggested change their situation or change their life or whatever it is, that's when you need to say, okay, well, I'm clearly providing some real value. Maybe I need to up my price and because I'm giving something of real value. Because again, it just comes down to someone who is willing to pay only, say, $15 is not going to value you in the same way someone who's willing to pay, say, $50. Because it is an investment. It is an exchange. And if you're putting all this time and energy into something that someone is not going to value at the same level that you personally do, then, you know, there's going to be a disconnect and you're going to start to feel like this is not the right thing for me to be doing because I don't, I feel like I'm giving, 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 and I'm not seeing you know, like I'm not seeing good results from that work. And which then, of course, just brings me to that fucking discussion that always comes up this whole like, you know, goody two shoe altruistic kind of approach where, oh, you should be giving it for free and you should be, you know, making it inexpensive so anyone can come and, you know, get, like experience your gift because it's a gift and you should be yeah, fuck that no nobody nobody gifted me you know Let's 20 years this. of study nobody Let's talk gifted about me yes, all of the, the, all of this shit i yes, i queen. might have I, I might have my own you know my intuitive you know strengths that are natural and gifted but they did not grow through some mystical gift they grew through my time effort energy, money, investment in studying, investment in practicing. It didn't just happen. It comes from you investing and growing your abilities and your skills. So to then say, oh, well, I should just give it away for free because I'm gifted, yada, yada. That's bullshit because you're, you know, it was not, you didn't just all of a sudden like gain all of the the skill and knowledge when you woke up one day, you know? Right, so right. Well, into that, uh, even if you did, like even if you are this um, this demigod that was born to just come to earth and help people like great that's fantastic however um when 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 you're doing this work there is there's there are so many things that come into play when it comes to value and I, it frustrates me beyond belief because I, I dealt with this. I was one of those people who didn't want to charge for my readings. I know I've told this story before. Um, and my boyfriend at the time who was from Louisiana, and so he has, was going to New Orleans all the time, um, who, you know, and had very different relationship with readers and psychics because of that, um, looked at me and was like, well, you're, you, you can't pay your car. You, you can't pay your bills. Why aren't you charging? But you're going to these people's houses and you're doing this stuff for free and you're spending, you know, all of this time on it, but you can't feed yourself. Like, what the fuck is that about? And he was totally right. You know, and I needed to right. hear that. 19 year old me needed to hear that, that I that. OK, so let's say this is a gift. Well, it isn't just a gift for other people. 
right? It isn't just right. a gift that is meant to exalt somebody's uh, some some other person's spiritual experience. If it truly is a gift, then it is a gift for you to use as well, and it is a gift for for you to make your life better with. I mean, just bottom line. If you can't pay your bills and you're doing readings for free and you really like doing readings, but you, you know, you, again, you can't pay your fucking bills, start charging money for them. Like it is it is exactly. time. It is exactly. time. Because, because this is a gift for you as well. Right. And because here's the thing is that when people talk about, you know, giving it as, you know, doing it for free, you'll often hear people will do, you know, go, I don't know why, but people go back to, oh, you know, our ancestors didn't ask for money when they were doing spells and readings for the people of their village. No, you're right. They didn't because they were being given chicken so that they could eat. They were having, you know, their firewood brought to them, you know, so they didn't have to work about that. Like they were being cared for by their community. And that's the same, you know, if you look at shamanic uh, societies and communities, even t- even ones today, if you go in- into like the Andes and stuff, does everyone pay out uh, like, you know, are, are shamans standing at the bottom of the mountain with a card reader waiting to take your credit card? Maybe not necessarily, but they're certainly being taken care of. They're not having to pay for all of their living expenses and pay for their land like they're being cared for. And that was how it once was. And that's how in some parts of the world it still is. But in our, you know, first world, you know, place that we are now, that's just not how it goes. If you want to pay my rent for me, if you want to bring me groceries every week, if you want to pay my car payment, like you want to take care of me and and do the things that I would be doing with the money that you pay me for, you know, my services. Great. I'll give you my services for free and you can take care of my life. Like that's the thing that people kind of, which is why I find that argument so funny. Yes. Our ancestors did things very differently because it was a very different world we lived in. And now today that would never fly. You know, it's like I had Somebody recently said something about, you know, I, I like I'm on Instagram post of mine, like said something like, I always like your posts and blah, blah, blah. That's great. I appreciate that. But likes and comments don't pay my bills. This is why I charge for my services. So it's like, I think this was something that had become a, a you know, please do a free reading for me kind of thing. And I was like, no, I, I, no, no, you can here's where you can go to buy a reading if you'd like. And I'd be more than happy to do a reading for you. And it's like. I don't care how much you like my stuff on social media. That does not keep the lights on. That doesn't, you know, take care of my life. So, you know. But even then, I think people forget that, again, we're people. And so it's, it's, it's so easy to get taken advantage of when you are doing this work for free. And again, that was my experience. And it still is. I mean, there are, there are people in my life. I mean, Yes, I, I charge two hundred dollars an hour to do a reading. However, that is that is I don't want you to have the assumption that I'm just going around doing two hundred dollar readings because most of the time I am doing on the spot. I mean, I work in a shop; it's my job, right? And so, of course, I'm helping people for free. Of course, I'm doing that stuff for free. If you go to a conference and you meet me and you see that I'm talking to somebody, chances are I'm doing some sort of spiritual work for them for free. That it, that's that's okay. It's being a person in society and just being a nice person. That's fine. But don't take advantage of the thing that I'm doing to not only better my life but to feed to feed me right and to feed maybe clothe right. my clothes my you know my 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 kids or whatever and it really it bothers me that um in my experiences I've had people who they they mean the best I mean they truly do they're just they've got a question they can't you know resolve in their head and they just want some extra input 
and I don't mind helping people in need and I you know I get all that but don't use your your circumstance to guilt somebody into you know getting a free reading and if you're the reader you need to have boundaries with people that are very clear about what you expect and and it can be something where oh you know what I'm not going to do a reading for free for you but I'm willing to do, you know, a, a reading for you and you come over and, and help me clean my house or you come over and mow the lawn or, you know, hey, my friend over there is having a hard time. She needs to move this couch. Go over and help this person out. I'll help you. But you have to do something where you demand some level right. of, of exchange. And it isn't just because, oh, energy and energy exchange. It's because to be 1000% honest with you, nobody listens when it's free. Exactly. Nobody does. They just exactly. don't. I and what it, what it annoys me. I've gotten to the point where when I do go to give somebody information and and it is free, I I'm very clear to say I get paid two hundred dollars an hour to say to to do this, and I and I'm not doing that to be a cock. I'm doing that because I want them to realize like this is serious. This is something I'm taking seriously. And normally this would come in this sort of format. But because you and I are having this conversation and because I feel close to you at this moment, I'm going to give this to you because I feel like you need it. It's a gift, right? Right. My I'm gift, just... my quote unquote gift gives me the ability to go give the gifts you know, to other people, but don't expect it. Do not expect it and do not right. give me a guilt trip when I'm not going to do that for you. That's not fair. Right. And I've done that, too, where I've said um, it, it happens to me not as much with readings, but a lot with um, things that are a little bit more like coachy and specifically things that have to do with magic. And um, I used to I don't anymore. And this is why <laughs> I used to offer a service, a coaching service that was specifically aimed at helping witches who either are new or stuck when it comes to a specific type of spell or ritual that they know they need to do, but they they don't know what to do. And they want to help creating the process and figuring out how to do it. And then being kind of, you know, guided along the way and having somebody that they can go to at any time for like help and, and to get, you know, support and whatnot. Um, and so I would offer this service and I would get a lot of people would inquire about, you know, like, well, this is the situation that's going on and this is what I've got going on. Can you just, can you help me figure this out? And I would say, more than happy to. This is the service that I offer that would allow me to do exactly what you're asking for, where we can dive deep into the issue. We can figure out exactly the right type of magic to do. We can do some readings around it, figure it out. We'll create the rituals. We'll create the spells. We'll create the process. And I'll be there, you know, long distance, but I'll be there to help you through it. And they'd be like, well, can't you just help me? no, because this takes a lot of my time. Like I could tell, I could point you in the direction of a book. I could do that. You know, I could suggest a website maybe, but I mean, if you're asking me to figure out your problem and, and tell you what type of magic to do and give you a spell to do and do all of this, no, I can't just sit down and do that for you. Um, and I would be like, this is what it is. And this is how much it costs. And this is how long it takes. And this is the thing. And, and, I would have some people go, oh, okay, I understand. No, I can't, I can't do that, but that's okay. Thank you. And then I would have people that would get really angry and I would just have to start like blocking people left and right. And it's like, again, it's that idea of how much value they really have on you and on what you're willing to do for them. If, if they are going to be like, you know, if they don't want, if they can't afford you or they don't want to pay, that's fine. It is what it is. But then if they, if someone starts getting like all up, 
in your face about it and making you feel like you're a shitty person for not just helping them for free because their situation is really bad and they're in desperate need of help. You know, that's not, that's not okay. And that's just like emotional, uh, blackmail and that's not okay. And why would you want to help somebody like that? You know, like that's my first thought is why would I want to help you when this is how you're going to act? You really think I want to help you for nothing? Like, no. Um, so there, those boundaries are really important. And again, it's like, don't feel bad if you have to turn someone away because sometimes that's the best thing you can do for them because they just need to get either own up to the fact that they need actual help from somebody who can who like knows more than they do and can do things that they can't. Um, and so they go and they do that or they just need to sort out their shit themselves and they'll figure it out because it'll save them a couple hundred bucks or something. But um, those boundaries are super important. And it kind of goes back to what I had said way at the beginning when we were talking about um you know, doing feedback with a client on a reading, you know, there does come a point where feedback may need to turn into a new reading and you need to be comfortable with saying, you know, I think that we've kind of gone over this initial thing as much as we can. I think at this point now we're kind of delving into a new, a new issue that would need a separate reading. And we can certainly do that if you'd like, of course, it'd be up to you if you were going to charge them or not. I absolutely would. I might give them a little bit of a discount because we just did a reading. Um, but you know, you have to kind of know and kind of set those boundaries. And then the important thing of when you make those boundaries is that you keep them and that you don't make exceptions for certain people because, oh, I've known you for a long time or, oh, you get readings with me all the time. Like every now and then to kind of like do a little something is fine. But I think if you start to create those little allowances for like, you know, knocking money off or giving a freebie or whatever, even if it's just to a certain group of people or or just one individual person, then it becomes expected. Where after it's like, oh, I've had four readings with you this year. Isn't it time for my freebie? Do I look like I have a fucking punch card? Like, that's not how I work. That's not, this doesn't work that way. Like, you know, no. And But they'll start to expect it. So you have to kind of know how to hold your boundaries too. All right, everybody. That does it for this episode of the Modern Witch Podcast. We will be back uh, probably not next week. Next week is a pretty big week. We are going to launch the modernwitch.com website. So we have a lot going on. So you probably won't hear from us for two weeks. Uh, but you will be seeing videos on YouTube. You will be seeing stuff all over social media. So it's not like we're going anywhere. Um, we just have some other things to focus on and get set up, like our brand new Pathios blog, which should be available this week. Uh, there's so much going on with Modern Witch. So just check back to modernwitch.com on uh, the 22nd of this month, and uh, you'll you'll see all the good stuff we've got planned. Uh, Jess did want me to tell you that uh, right now she is doing a wholesale on a tarot course that she's been teaching. Um, she's wrapping stuff up so that she can uh, create something new. And so if you're interested, there's like a huge sale going on. So check out Jess J. Carl's or JessCarlson.com rather. Um, she is Jess J. Carlson on the tweets and Insta. I am at Mr. Dot Devin Hunter on the tweets and Insta. And please do not forget to check out paganfires.com. Um, that is the brand new festival that I'm putting on with my very good friend, Heather Killen. Um, we need your help. So check that out. Registration is open. Uh, we've got free vending if you're interested. It's all there, paganfires.com. And do not forget to check out our Indiegogo. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I will see you in just a few weeks.
their forces at work here, dark, incomprehensible forces.